Hey guys, time to do a spot check. As a leader, what example are you setting? Are you helping or hindering the culture of whining and complaining? That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Greetings, everybody. How's it going? I hope you're having a great week. I got to thank you once again for tuning in from all over the world, wherever you happen to be. It's awesome to see you here, and I have a fun topic for you this week. But before we drill in, let's remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and unstoppable force in this industry. And remember, guys, if this podcast helps you, tell your friends. Okay, so I'm a concert junkie. I love going to rock shows. So this week, one of my, I wouldn't say favorite bands, but legendary band, Rage Against the Machine, is reunited, and they're going on tour. Cool. So as everyone's lining up to get tickets, all of a sudden, there's this stir. The tickets are like 200 bucks a piece for the cheap seats. Everybody starts freaking out. And I mean, the insults and the anger directed towards the band is pretty significant. But here's the thing. If you were to stop for a moment really think about it, ticket prices in general are pretty high. And the reason for that is because this becomes the artist's sole source of income. Why? Well, when I was buying records back in the early 80s, they were 8, 9, 10 bucks a shot. Now think about it, that's almost 40 years ago. And there weren't too many ways to steal content at that time. I mean, you could tape it and give it to your friends, but to record a 40-minute album took you 40 minutes of your time. Now, 20 years later, with the advent of digital, all of a sudden, it's super easy to duplicate the content the content essentially becomes free. Why does it become free? Because the public believed that they were entitled to free music. So they felt justified stealing it. And next thing you know, the same thing starts happening with books and movies. So fine, you want free stuff, you can go ahead and take it. But remember, there's a consequence to that. When you devalue the stuff, when you take that source of revenue away from artists, they too, just like you, are entitled to make a living doing what they love, doing what they've been trained to do, and doing what they feel called to do. So guess what? They're going to start charging more money for t-shirts, for concerts. And I mean, this is a cause I happen to be super passionate about, but my feeling is if you're going to steal the content and the price of tickets goes up as a result, you can't really complain because you got your free music. And I mean, I'm talking about real anger. I don't spend a lot of time on social media anymore for exactly this reason, because my life is not made better by bearing witness to the whirlwind of negativity. But think about where that attitude comes from. It generally comes from a place of fear. You're stoked to go see your favorite band. Press release comes out, they're coming to your neighborhood. But then you see the ticket price and you're like, damn, I can't go, that's too much money. Maybe you feel ashamed that that's not inside your budget. Maybe you feel hurt or betrayed because your assumption is that the artist has gotten greedy. So you take it to the internet. You start telling everyone your opinion. 
expressing your displeasure, expressing your anger. But what does that solve? Ticket prices are probably not going to go down. A better solution instead would be, number one, to recognize that if you value great music, you're going to have to support them with dollars somehow. They shouldn't have to do what they do for free. So changing your mindset is one way out of that situation. Another way is to set a budget for your concert going for the year or sign up for a ticket contest or giveaway or maybe even buy your tickets at the last minute. There's lots of different solutions that are way more effective that can get you to that concert far easier than just whining and complaining. So let's switch off the concert mode now and get back into agile, teamwork, and leadership. How pervasive is whining and complaining in your workspace? Take a look around and have a good listen this week. Because complaining is a symptom of not only discontent with your current situation, but disavowing yourself of the solution, preferring instead to massage your fears and your anger with excuses and attacks, rather than focusing on being instrumental in the solution. See, people will complain about the team room, about agile, about change, about the leadership, about the company they work for, about circumstances. We'll complain about just about anything, won't we? But once you see it as fundamentally unproductive and in fact unjust, and I'll go even a little further and say it's not particularly self-aware, maybe even a little bit childish, selfish. Once you see it that way, it motivates you to ensure that you're at the very least not propagating it in your team room. So this episode is a little bit less about how to and more about make sure you do. Give yourself a quick check this week. In all of your emails, all your communications, every time you stand up in front of the team, are you being negative or are you being neutral to positive? Here are some examples of being negative that you should watch for. Anytime you use the words, oh man, this sucks, you're being negative. Anytime you speak ill of another person, whether that's the leadership in the abstract or specifically about a specific person or persons or groups. Anytime you're being critical of the organization and its policies, and especially when you're doing any of these without offering concrete solutions, you're being negative. You're being negative if you sound hopeless about the future. You're being negative if your opinions communicate that failure is imminent, that there's no way we can possibly succeed or thrive in this kind of environment. You're being negative if you're dismissive of ideas or alternate opinions. If you're good at being self-aware, if you're observational, you can just check yourself. Do a little pulse check this week. Count the number of times you let any of those elements creep into your attitude and your presence in the team room, in meetings, or interactions. But if you're not so good at it, why not ask a team buddy to watch for you? Have somebody who's around you for most of the day just observe and take notes and look for instances of negativity creeping in. Better still, you could announce to the whole team that you're doing an introspection or self-checkup and you want to make sure you're not letting any negativity creep into your leadership. That's a great way to build trust, isn't it? Asking your teammates to watch you and make you better? Give those things a try. And if it turns out that, yes, you're being negative, and hey, 
We can all do that from time to time, right? And every now and again, we realize that it's easier to greet our fears and challenges with excuses and complaining. So don't beat yourself up, but work on making change. Now, as a leader, your job is to replace that negativity with solutions, not positivity. Notice the difference. Replacing negativity with positivity just means putting on a sunshiny face, saying happy words, but ultimately those things don't fix problems. They don't change beliefs. So instead of just switching to positive language, make sure we're actively finding solutions to problems before you open your mouth about them. Contemplate. How can I win? How can I make this better? How can I improve things? How can I protect my team from negative morale or from the infection of negativity? Here's how I would do it. Ask your team to hold you accountable every time they hear something that sounds negative, and when they hear it, ask them to raise their hands and point you to a spot in the room where the following words are written out in big letters. What can I do to help this situation? Or, what's good about this situation? Or, how can I win in this environment? Or, what is my part to play in solving this problem? And guess what, guys? As usual with leadership, when people see you doing something that's effective, that's inspiring, they'll start doing it too. So now you can encourage others in the team to follow your lead and more importantly, to follow your example. So what do you say, guys? Let's get after it this week. Let's attack that whining and complaining and change the culture to one of active solutioning. See what it does for your team room. Folks, thank you for listening. You can find me on the web at badassagile.com or look me up on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay badass. Badass.